Hello, Kirkwood. Welcome back to our April podcast. I'm Jagisha Patel, a reference and technology librarian here at KPL. And I am Ryan Drinkard, a reference and technology librarian as well, right here at Kirkwood Public Library. So we want to start off by telling you about One Author, One Kirkwood. Yes, this is our annual event. It is one of our favorites. We get so many fantastic authors in, and this year is no exception. We will be joined by Chris Bojalian. Uh, now, this is going to be April 10th. It's a Wednesday at 7 p.m., and it's going to take place at the St. Louis Community College campus, Merrimack, in their student center. Their address is 11333 Big Ben Road, right here in Kirkwood. It's open to everyone. It's a free event. So come early and claim your seat. Welcome to the April episode, Kirkwood. And let's just go over some table of contents. This month, we have some exciting things to talk about. We have our usual programs, our usual book clubs. We're going to be joined by two guests uh, and highlight a service that you may not know that the library does. Also, April being National Humor Month, Jagisha and I plan on talking about some of our favorite comedies. And we might have a poetry reading. As it's Poetry Month as well. So many holidays in this month. There's also one more thing coming up. Isn't it National Library Week? In, is it the second week in April? It is. It is the 7th through the 13th, uh, which is being a librarian, super important. So don't forget to thank your librarian. I don't think that's what you do on that, that week. But but you but. can bring us sweet treats. We'll, we won't turn those down. I'm starting a tradition. Yes. Bring sugar for your librarian. Thank you, Kirkwood. We love you, whether right. you do or don't. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, let's get started. Chikisha, would you like to talk about our April programs? Absolutely, Ryan. What is going on this month? Well, let me tell you. On Tuesday, April the 2nd at 7 p.m., join your podcast host, Jagish and I will be hosting the 90s TV Trivia. This is your last chance to register your team for this event. It's going to be happening tomorrow. So go to our calendar of events at kirkwoodpubliclibrary.org and sign up your team today. At time of this recording, there are still seats available, but they're going fast. So I can't wait to do this one. This should be lots of fun. We're going to be testing you on your knowledge of Friends, Twin Peaks, Family Matters, The X-Files, Full House, and I bet some cartoons will pop in there, like maybe Pinky and the Brain, Animaniacs, Ren and Stimpy. We're going to be all over the 90s. It's going to be a lot of fun, so come join us. Please join us on Wednesday, April the 3rd at 6.30 p.m. for our next Community Conversation. Jenny Armbruster with the NCADA will be giving her presentation, Current Science and Trends in Substance Use. She will examine the most up-to-date research on understanding the brain science of addiction. This program is supported by the Institute of Museum and Library Services under provisions of the Library Services and Technology Act as administered by the Missouri State Library. Our next program, and you're actually going to be hearing an interview with Angela Meyer, is the Mindfulness Workshop. This is going to be happening uh, Saturday, April 6th at 2 p.m. So I'm not going to go into too many details about this program. I'm going to let Angela talk about it, and you'll get to learn more in just a little bit. April is National Poetry Month, and your Kirkwood Public Library is hosting poet Jackie Germain on Sunday, April 7th at 2 p.m. Germaine will share her poetry, 
and answer your questions. Copies of her book, When the Ghosts Come Ashore, will be available for purchase at this event. All right, on to the award-winning St. Louis Bella Corda will be visiting us for some music in the library. This is going to be on Sunday, April 14th at 2 p.m. Bella Corda is a youth guitar ensemble for the St. Louis Academy for a guitar right here in Kirkwood. These guys are very talented. Please come and listen. I'm always insanely jealous of people who have musical talent, as I, I have none. I'm tone deaf, so I have zero talent. I believe I sung in a previous episode proving how bad I am. I thought that was pretty good. I'll take it. And now for our monthly programs. Coming up April 16th, Tuesday at 7 p.m., Good Yarn Stitching Club. So all you have to do is bring in your current yarn project, so knitting, sewing, embroidery, crochet, join your fellow crafters and work on your current projects. After that, our crafts are not done yet, we've got Crafterworks, Wednesday, April 24th at 7 p.m. It's going to be do-it-yourself spa treatments, and this should be a lot of fun. We'll be making hand scrubs, lip balms, and some bath salts. I'm already relaxed. <laughs> yep, these are, and they're going to smell, everything's going to smell great. My fourth Tech Savvy Series program is going to be Photos to the Cloud. It's going to be Thursday, April 25th at 2 p.m. in the computer lab. Registration is required. Space is limited in our computer lab, so I need to know who's coming. This program is always so popular, so do make sure you register as soon as you can. Don't worry, we haven't forgotten about your little ones. There's lots of great programs coming up for them. On April 18th at 4 p.m., Tween Scene. Join us to make and do something new each month. Past Tween Scenes, they've made dog bandanas, string art, slime, galaxies and jars, and bookmarks for homebound. There's always something new to learn at Tween Scene. Then coming up April 27th at 2 p.m. for ages 10 to 12, Edible Art. Ooh, this makes me hungry just thinking about it. Learn intricate cookie decorating using royal icing on sugar cookies. And you get to take home your yummy creations. I hope nom, to get nom. some leftovers. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yes. On April 26th at 10 a.m. for ages 18 months to 4-year-olds, it's toddler yoga. So take some time out of your busy week to dress comfy and do yoga with your little ones. I would love to go down and see this because I think it'd be hilarious to watch the little little toddlers doing yoga. I think equal parts funny and equal parts adorable. Yeah, I agreed. And that is just but a few programs for the children. So drop by KirkwoodPublicLibrary.org, go to the calendar of events for a complete list of all kids, teens, and adults programs. All right, Kirkwood, we have Angela Myers, founder of We Both Souls here, to tell us a little bit about our mindfulness workshop coming up April 6th at 2 p.m. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for, uh, for having me here. Thanks so much for being here, Angela. It's, it's great. <laughs> first outside guest. Exciting. Oh, my gosh. What <laughs> an right. honor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're our first guest. Awesome. Do I get a badge for that or something? Uh, yeah, we'll hammer something out okay, with the great. 3D printer. <laughs> 
So, Angela, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, well, I have a certification as an authentic leadership coach, um, which is kind of like a, a essentially a life coach. And I built on the tools and the learning that I got um, in coaching school and kind of morphed it into this idea that came to me of be present, be grateful, which it kind of is the foundation for uh, we both soul. So I've taken uh, my background and then built this mindfulness company off of it. So it's it's been um, quite a journey. I started out in uh, chemistry, so I've come a long way, but uh, I enjoy this much more. <laughs> I bet it's a lot more fulfilling. It is. It is. You get to reach people and really impact their lives and um, hopefully make the world a better place. Very nice. So does this mindfulness involve meditation? Um, my program does not. I, I love meditation and I practice it myself, but what I teach is more of not so much setting aside time to be mindful. It's more about incorporating it into your everyday life. Very nice. And so what is We Bold Souls about? So, right. So that's my company. Um, it's, it is a mindfulness company. So I get to teach uh, kids and adults how to really use these tools of presence and gratitude to um, bring more peace, uh, joy, purpose, um, respect, and perseverance into their lives. So I um, go into schools. I also do uh, presentations um, at companies or retreats or, um, you know, lunch and learns, different things like that. And just really teach people how to kind of let go of that anxiety and live in a fulfilling way so regret is not really part of the picture and it's um it's it's been a lot of fun and um being able to reach kids too you know when they're still kind of in that formative stage and they can really use these tools um not just at school they can use them at home um you know after school activities and it's just a way for them to um deal with uh the pressures of just everyday life and really start learning these um these concepts at an early age. I really like that because I remember thinking when I was in school, we definitely didn't have some of these or how to balance stress and all of that. They used to talk a lot about kids being stressed, especially in high school and the pressures of school and so forth. But I think it's great that you're doing something where it actually teaches them how to, how to deal or how to cope. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. It's, and it's, it's great to see them so receptive to it. Um, And yeah, they really, latch on to the ideas and um, especially with the the presence part they're just kids I think are naturally really kind of present anyway you know they're all about the moment but when you ask them and get to have them name you know things they're hearing or seeing or feeling in that moment it's it's uh it's kind of comical sometimes the things they come up with a little potty humor in there sometimes but um but yeah it's 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 been really a lot of fun well not to put you on the spot, but do you have maybe a, a funny story uh, about that? Uh, sure, sure. Uh, so we were uh, doing a section of my, my kids' presentation when we um, I have this really kind of brightly colored uh, wrapped big box. And inside I have all like Mr. or Mrs. Potato Head parts in there. And we pull it out and um, the one we had was a nose. And I said, okay, who can tell me what they are smelling in this moment? And one little boy raised his hand and he said, my boogers. <laughs> so, you know, things like that. But, I, I mean, you know, he was really smelling them. So I'm like, that's, that's okay. <laughs> I love how kids sometimes don't have that filter that we have as adults. <laughs> no. And 
I think it'd be a lot of fun if sometimes adults didn't always filter. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. It'd be definitely more interesting. Um, so we have the program coming up on April 6th. Uh, would you talk a little about, about what the patrons can expect? Sure. Um, yeah, so we're going to, I'm going to take them step-by-step um, step through really using the tools of presence, and they're going to gain a little bit of um, insight into their current life and how present they are being, um, you know, with the people in their life and how they may want to shift that. Um, so they're going to learn some tools on how, how to do that. Um, then we're going to talk about some gratitude and really the gratitude that I teach is in the moment gratitude. Um, you know, we all have those big things, uh, our family, our houses, you know, things like that, that we're grateful for. But, um, I teach that really in every single moment, you can find something to be grateful for about that moment. Um, and that's really what helps people, kids and adults, build um, perseverance in their life when you're, you know, kind of dealing with a not so pleasant moment or something, you you know, you'd rather be somewhere else. It just helps you build that resilience to find something about that moment that you can appreciate. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and then we'll touch on um, having respectful conversations, a formula for kind of uh, dealing with, you know, uh, people maybe who don't agree with you or things like that. And we'll, we'll talk about some, the perseverance aspect and as well as, uh, we'll take a look at purpose and how presence and gratitude actually feed into purpose. Um, so patrons will come away with a lot of practical tips and tools, and, um, it's going to be an hour of not just listening to me talk, but <laughs> there's a lot of, um, interaction and I have, a, a journal pages that I'm going to bring along and they'll get to fill those out and then bring those home with them. Um, so it's, it's definitely, you get to, time to share, time to reflect and, um, time to learn and hopefully take home some, some practical tools that you can start implementing right away. That sounds fantastic. Uh, this program, as stated before, is going to be April 6th at 2 p.m. Now, registration is required, so go by the KirkwoodPublicLibrary.org uh, calendar of events and sign up today. Looking for a good book club? Well, don't worry. KPL has you covered. The book club at the end of the universe will be making the jump to hyperspace by discussing Trail of Lightning by Rebecca Roanhorse on Thursday, April 11th at 7 p.m. The mystery readers will be flexing our little gray cells as we read The Widows of Malabar Hill by Sujata Massey on Wednesday, April 17th at 2 p.m. The Community for Understanding and Hope book group will be discussing Fire Shut Up in My Bones by Charles M. Blow on Thursday, April 18th at 7 p.m. The Saturday Morning Perks Club will be drinking coffee and discussing Destiny of the Republic by Candace Millard on Saturday, April 27th at 10 a.m. And that's your April book groups. Welcome back. We have Nick O'Neill with us. He is the Director of Technology and Online Services. So glad you could join us. Thanks for having me. We have some questions for you, Nick. Uh, so uh, to start off with, how long have you been with the Kirkwood Public Library? Well, it'll be seven years this coming July. It's a pretty impressive run. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you always start as the director? Or I know, for example, Sarah had actually worked as a bookshelver to begin with and then sort of had come up mm -hmm. and became director. So when I started in 2012, I was actually the circulation manager. 
Uh, at the time, it was known as circulation. And I did that position for a year. And then the teen tech coordinator, Chris, he left and told Sarah when he left, you know, why don't you give Nick my job? So it became the director of circulation technology and teen services. I did that for, I think, about two years until the str last strategic plan came out. And then when there was such an emphasis put on technology, that's when things shifted and I just became the director of technology and online services. All right. And now what does that entail? So really it means handling and managing all the technology in the library, coordinating computer replacements, updates, new technologies, maintaining those technologies, and then of course managing and training any of the IT staff. Sounds like a lot to do. It is, yes, but I enjoy every moment of it. Good, good. Never have to work a day in your life if you love what you do. That's right. <laughs> okay, so um, another question we'd like to ask. Do you have a favorite story about your time here at the Kirkwood Public Library? Well, I was thinking about it, and I have so many stories I can't remember them all. Uh, but one recently is that I actually converted a number of videotapes for a patron, and that patron was... Uh, so happy that we did that is he actually dropped off a uh, six-pack of root beer for me. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, uh, another thing, uh, April is National Humor Month, and we're going to be talking about our favorite comedies, uh, either book or film. Um, do you have, uh, what's your favorite? So I am actually a huge fan of Calvin and Hobbes, and <laughs> I own all the books and even though I own them all, I still would love to get the gigantic hardbound collection because I might as well own them twice. I've read them a thousand times. They just make me laugh every time I read them. One of my favorites is it has no, no dialogue, no text. It's just this picture of Calvin standing on a chair, fiddling with the knobs on the water heater, and his mom walking in wearing a towel and soap in her hair with this really angry look on her face. <laughs> <laughs> those were a big part of my childhood, too. I think mm -hmm. I owned every single one of those books that they put out, uh, and probably multiple times when I would see them in a cutout bin or something like that. Those are those are classics. Yeah. Scholastic is a great resource for those, because they always had them for like $5. Right. <laughs> I am completely blown away that there hasn't ever been like a movie or some type of other media, or just that Bill would come out of retirement on some level to provide one more Calvin and Hobbes. You know, I don't know too much about it. I used to read the the um the comics that came out in the newspaper, but mm. that was about it. I didn't realize there were even books. I'm it's completely new to me. <laughs> There's a very good documentary um called Dear Mr. Watterson, and I think it's actually available on like Netflix, and I think you can get it on Hoopla, if I'm not mistaken. But it, uh, you know, talks about his early career and how he got started with Calvin and Hobbes and goes into a little bit. And so the reasons why there haven't been movies and shows and merchandise. So, in fact, all of those uh, Calvin stickers you see on the back of vehicles are right. pretty much uh, pirated things. <laughs> They're not officially licensed. Uh, yeah, I could imagine. <laughs> They're, They're a little bit too blue for that. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, I am definitely curious about that. I will have to look up that movie. That sounds very fascinating. Uh, how about a film? 
I like a lot of films of various, you know, caliber and nature. Um, one of my favorites is Super Troopers. I love that movie. <laughs> I watched that, you know, when I was, I guess it came out when I was in college or so. And uh, I just watched the second one. It was, it, it was pretty good. It still had a lot of the humor from the original movie. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. I learned a lot. This has been most interesting. All right, time to talk about a service you may not know the library offers, and this one is a fantastic one. The library does 3D printing. This is so much fun. I We have the 3D printer right out in the lobby, and it's just so much fun to just watch it print. I'm always trying to figure out what it is that patrons have sent, what type of files they've sent over for us to print. So many neat things come through that. Uh, a few of the things that I see so regularly is like Harry Potter wands, or like Pokemon, I'll see like Charizards, or like Star Wars creatures. Like there's, um, I've seen droids, I've seen um, those Porgs. Um, it's just so neat. It is, and you can print out just about anything. The other day, the oddest, I saw, I've seen two odd things. They're not necessarily odd, but one was someone printed out a Nike shoe. <laughs> like a complete shoe? <laughs> it was a high top, yeah. It was a um, the high top shoe, like a bas- I guess the, what the basketball players wear. Mm-hmm. And it had the Nike logo on it. And then the other thing I saw was a life-size hand. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe it's printing up there right now a little bust of the immortal Stanley. So there's just so many crazy things that you can print. And it's pretty neat. So there are a couple of talking points we want to mention. Um you can submit 3D models and view our 3D printing policy on our website. Models are printed on a first-come, first-served basis. The time and price estimate is provided for confirmation prior to the actual printing. The cost is $0.25 cents for every 15 minutes of printing. The staff can typically adjust the scale, layers, and density in order to accommodate cost. You can find our 3D printer in the main lobby of the library and check out those really cool prints. It's going pretty much all day. And if you want to submit a print, all you have to do is all you have to do is come into the library and pick out a print from our preset binder or you can go to our website and submit a file of your own. Pretty exciting. And while we're on the subject of 3D printing, uh, how would you like to try this amazing service for free? Well, great news, Kirkwood. During the month of April, tell us what you think of the KPL podcast by writing a review on iTunes. Reviewers will be entered into a drawing for a $10 off 3D printing coupon. The lucky winner will be announced on our May episode. So keep listening to us, Kirkwood. Yeah, I look forward to hearing from you and seeing what you guys think of our podcast. All right, Kirkwood, I know you've been waiting for this. So we have... Our colleague, Kirsten Benson. Welcome. Hello. (laughs) A fellow reference librarian, and Kirsten and Ryan are going to be doing a little poem for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kirsten Benson, a lover of poetry, she's brought us a poem to read. It's called The Table and the Chair by Edward Lear. Yes, Edward Lear uh, was a British poet who was famous for popularizing the limerick which is pretty fun. This one is not a limerick, but it's still uh, pretty fun to read out loud. And not a, not a lot of deep hidden messages in this one, but it's it's fun, which is one uh, good thing about poetry. I like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Um, so shall we do it? Yes. Let's All do right. It. Okay. 
Said the table to the chair, you can hardly be aware how I suffer from the heat and from chillblains on my feet. If we took a little walk, we might have a little talk. Pray let us take the air, said the table to the chair. Said the chair unto the table, now you know we are not able. How foolishly you talk when you know we cannot walk, said the table with a sigh. It can do no harm to try. I've as many legs as you. Why can't we walk on two? So they both went slowly down and walked about the town with a cheerful bumpy sound, and they toddled round and round. And everybody cried as they hastened to their side, See, the table and the chair have come out to take the air. But in going down an alley to a castle in the valley, they completely lost their way and wandered all the day, till to see them safely back, they paid a ducky quack and a beetle and a mouse who took them to their house. Then they whispered to each other, Oh, delightful little brother, what a lovely walk we've taken. Let us dine on beans and bacon. So the ducky and the little brownie mousie and the beetle dined and danced upon their heads till they toddled to their beds. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Thank you, thank you. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to do a librarian poetry night. I think so. With some I'd snacks. get behind that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Eat poems. <laughs> All right. So what else do you have for us? I think you have uh, another one for us. Yes, I do. So this one is from probably one of the most famous poets ever, uh, W.B. Yeats. Uh, he was an Irish poet. And so I thought that was fitting for the St. Patrick's Day National Poetry Month blend. Uh, yes, and this one is just a very lovely, picturesque poem about a place he grew up in Ireland, and it's called The Lake Isle of Innisfree. Can't wait to hear it. Oh, yes. Okay, here we go. I'll do my best, and I promise I won't try any accents or anything, so... Might be for the best. <laughs> yes. I don't know, an Irish accent. You can do an Irish uh, accent. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll leave that to the professionals. <laughs> Okay, The Lake Isle of Innisfree by William Butler Yeats. I will arise and go now, and go to Innisfree, and a small cabin builds there of clay and wattles made. Nine bean rows will I have there, a hive for the honey bee, and live alone in the bee-loud glade. And I shall have some peace there, for peace comes dropping slow, dropping from the veils of the morning to where the cricket sings, there midnight's all a glimmer, and noon a purple glow, and evening full of the linnet's wings. I will arise and go now, for always night and day I hear lake water lapping with low sounds by the shore. While I stand on the roadway, or on the pavement's gray, I hear it in the deep heart's core. That's beautiful. I cannot take credit for it, but it was <laughs> quite a beautiful poem, yes. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kirsten. Yes, for thank being you. Our poet here. Lovely, lovely. It love... was fantastic. Oh, yeah. thanks. Yes, that was very fun. <laughs> As we mentioned earlier, April is National Comedy Month? Humor Month. Sorry, <laughs> National Humor Month. But they're uh, interchangeable, right? True, true. Anyway, so we wanted to give you our takes on our favorite comedies, both books and in film. I'm going to let Ryan take it away. Thank you. Always one of my favorite subjects and uh, both, both humor and this part of our podcast. So 
I'll go ahead and start with a book. Um, I have used Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy before in a previous episode. Otherwise, that would be my go-to right now. But another book that I enjoy that I think is uh, is rib-tickling is Good Omens by the late, great Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. It's a fantastic, fun tale. It's incredibly complex, and I don't have the time for it. But the basic overview is that this demon and angel who live on Earth, basically there to sway people one side or the other, and also there to basically make sure the apocalypse happens. Well, the date's been set, and they kind of come to realizing, hey, we like it here. You know, Earth's great. People are great. We don't want to see the world destroyed. And so that sets off a misadventure where these two are trying to avoid the apocalypse, essentially. This sounds really fun. I'll have to find it and... Do we have it here at the library? We do. Um, so come on in, check it out. It's by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Uh, it is very British, uh, but if you like the Discworld series or any other of their work, it's it's just a lot of fun. I will definitely be checking that out. So make sure you read the book before you see the show. But Amazon Prime has turned it into a miniseries uh, starring David Tennant, amongst many others. He's going to be playing the demon. Uh, that's set to come out May 31st, I believe. So, not too far off. I know, that's only in, in a couple of months, so... Right. Oh, I gotta, I gotta find the book. <laughs> and now I'm gonna talk about my favorite film. Or my favorite comedy film. Well, it is my favorite film. Uh, there is no film that's probably had a bigger impact on my life than Ghostbusters. As a child... I Wait, hold on one second. <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> I knew it was gonna be something to do with zombies or ghosts or... <laughs> and... uh, as a kid... That was my favorite film. Uh, there was one month where I watched it every day. I had the real Ghostbuster toys, and I would reenact the entire movie with said toys, uh, even saying the lines that I was too young to understand. I still said them uh, because I loved Ghostbusters that much, and it is. Uh, I'm sure our listening audience is already familiar and probably have already seen it, so I don't feel I have to tell anybody about the plot. It pretty much explains itself. It is a wonderful comedy starring many great legends, and uh, I love being a librarian. I love working here, but if there was ever a dream job, it would be Ghostbuster. <laughs> and I would drive around in the Ecto-1, and I would bust ghosts with a proton pack. And uh, if I ever leave here, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So I'm picturing Ryan as a little boy okay. playing with these toys. And I, I'm, are there home videos? Um, Probably not. Our family wasn't big on, on, on taking film. It did happen. Uh, also, to give a, uh, I suppose, a shout out to my friends in elementary school, every recess from grades one through five, I and my friends got together and we reenacted episodes from the real Ghostbusters uh, out there. I was the de facto Peter Venkman. My friend Steve, who is a big fan of this podcast, uh, was Egon. Uh, and we just basically went to town. That's <laughs> awesome. Did you have a Slimer? We did. Her name was Rose. <laughs> but she made every game, and uh, she was fantastic. She also stood in as her Janine. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. All she, right. We all kind of picked up multiple parts, but we all had a main character. <laughs> all right. And then, of course, you must have had someone playing, like, the ghost or goblin or... or... Whoever wasn't in that scene. Oh. So <laughs> it rotated. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, 
Mine isn't quite as exciting as that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, actually, one of my favorite uh, comedies, or I guess there's a couple, is actually Shakespearean comedies. I really enjoy watching them and, and listening to the um, just the rhythm of Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. This kind of ties in with our poetry theme here, too. Good example. So, Midsummer Night's Dream is one of my favorites, and the other one is Much Ado About Nothing. And both are hilarious because of all the misunderstandings. That's what he plays on quite mm -hmm. a bit in, in his comedies. The misunderstandings, and he kind of takes a theme of, of star-crossed lovers, but it's done in a more comedic way versus, you know, Romeo and Juliet. So it's just funny to see how all the misunderstandings build up, and then they finally get solved. And so it is a happy ending with his comedies. As I recall, the goal is to put everything right in the world at the end, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yep. I feel like I'm saying that saying wrong. I feel like there is a saying that goes to that. Probably. I can't think of it either, though, right now. <laughs> and then for movies, one of my favorite movies goes back to the 90s is Groundhog's Day. I've watched that so many times, and I find that it never gets old for me. Another great Bill Murray movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yep. it is Bill Murray, and mm -hmm. he was also Ghostbusters. He was indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's just a that's a fun film. Um, easily one of his best. And honestly, I wouldn't mind having like a whole Groundhog's type episode happen to me, because there's one of the, the one of the things that I love about what he did was he learned to play piano and he learned all this stuff. So can you imagine save having the kid's all life? The, yeah. Save the kid's yeah. life. Yeah, I'm more about learning. <laughs> <laughs> was terrible to Chris Elliott. True. True. But he did. You know, there was a great deal of growth for him over however long that he repeated Groundhog's Day. I couldn't quite figure out how long it was, but it must have been years because he learned to play piano uh, as a, as a pro I mean, basically as a master. Right. I'm afraid it's been so long, I can't say for sure. But yeah, it's got to be a while. And see, that would be my thing. I wouldn't want to be stuck in it without knowing that it was going to come to a definite end. My other movie is Three Men and a Baby. I have not seen that movie since the theaters. <laughs> I remember being there in the theater. Um, I have not watched it since. So I've always had a little bit of a crush on Tom Selleck since his Magnum P.I. days. I was going to say, he's a pretty handsome man. He was originally, uh, he turned down the role of Indiana Jones. That's right. Yep. You're right. I remember that. Or I remember reading about that anyway. I don't remember that. <laughs> uh, if I also recall right, another role that that he was offered that he couldn't do was um, the lead in Baywatch. Oh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> See, I kind of have a crush. And actually, I liked him on Friends. Yeah, he was one. Uh, Richard, I want to say, was one of the better parts. It was. And hint, hint, there might be a trivia question. It's just possible. Anyway, those are my two movies that I really kind of think back to and have watched multiple times. That's the thing with me is a movie becomes a favorite when I can keep watching it over and over again and still get something new out of it. I agree. Um, I mean, those are both fun and fantastic films. Uh, and I probably watch Ghostbusters at least once a year. I could see that. I could, I'd probably do that with Groundhog's Day because I think it comes back on TV probably around Groundhog's Day every year. Oh, easily. <laughs> anyway... Kirkwood, uh, feel free to comment and let us know what your favorite comedy, poetry, or poem is. What makes you laugh out loud? What makes you think? Well, that's your April episode, Kirkwood. 
Thank you so much for joining us. I had a lot of fun. Jagisha, how about you? Oh, yeah. I had a ton of fun. I get to learn so much about Ryan in all of these episodes. Perhaps I share too much. We're going to find out about you, Jagisha, next time. Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> well, see you in May. All right. And take us out, Kirsten. All right. This is called There Was an Old Man with a Beard by Edward Lear. There was an old man with a beard who said it is just as I feared. Two owls and a hen, four larks and a wren, have all built their nests in my beard. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you back in May, Kirkwood. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>